They say a picture is worth a thousand words, then how we tie down to just one? I'm not a label, and neither are you. Welcome to a space of creative freedom, where you and I get to be exactly who we are. Join me as we uncover the layers and discover ourselves on a deeper level. Thank you so much for showing up. I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to Not A Label, the podcast. I'm your host, Avi Ajwani, and I'm truly grateful and excited to have Sharina Shamdasani with us today, all the way in Ibiza. She is welcoming us with a huge, beautiful smile from her new home, and I am truly honored to be interviewing her today, just because I have been following her story, her journey for the past few months on social media, and it's truly inspiring to see how she's embodying freedom. I think that's a powerful way of calling it, but that's just the start of who she is. And I'd love for her to share who she is with the audience. So please do share a little bit about yourself and the moments that you feel have defined you the most. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, I love this. So yeah, I am Sharina Shandasani. I am a licensed clinical psychologist. And for the past years, I have also been working as a personal development and transformational coach, mainly because of my own journey, where I was basically living life based on an image that I got as a child and I believed in, which didn't really align with who I truly was. And so there was a lot of inner conflict with my inner self and everything I did. And so I would say over a decade now that I have been kind of into this personal development, self-discovery journey. But especially over six years or so, I went 100% in and I really started peeling off the different layers that I was holding onto, which were not allowing me to see myself for who I am and kind of live life the way I wanted to. So there was a huge transformation in my own life from really living life based on this identity, which made me feel super insecure, constantly doubting myself, constantly overthinking, kind of being the shadow of others, which also made me feel super anxious. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of insomnia, and then all of this kind of led to self-harm or to maladaptive behaviors. And so once I started bringing awareness and I discovered this whole thing, I was able to transform my life and kind of pursue a lifestyle that was more aligned to who, how I felt and who I want to be instead of who I should be. So yeah, and now this is what I do. I use my background, I use my experience, I use my passion to help others as well, discover themselves, build this relationship with themselves, get to know themselves, build this confidence, understand who they are, what they want, and just live life based on their own terms and values <laughs> and kind of let go of all these limitations, all this structure and stereotypes, which are not beneficial for our mental health and live the life that they want as they needed to be. That's awesome. So you sort of had to eliminate all the values and all the beliefs that were constructed for you and sort of take that clean slate to then start over. And that can seem really discouraging or maybe even empowering to some people. How did you choose to see it that way? How did you choose to see it as something empowering and as something that could give you possibility it must be this is hard um, especially because it's it's scary to drop all of what you've known as your truth 
Like I believe those values were the life values. I believe that lifestyle was the lifestyle that I had to live, that this identity was me. And kind of breaking with all of this or distancing yourself from it is like, whoa, do I really want to go this way? Or should I just kind of live in ignorance and continue this journey that I've already chosen or that has been given to me? I think in my case, I deep inside always knew that there was something more in me. I always knew that there was something, this inner calling or this inner guidance that was like, uh, everything I did was, yeah, but not exactly. When I was dancing, my career choice, the places I went to, the people I I was hanging out with, it never quite felt 100% safe or good. So it wasn't actually until I was a little bit older, like even after university that I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the constant doubts, the constant trying to please others, the living out of being someone that I didn't really feel I was or saying things just because I had to say them or behave in ways because that's the right thing to do. And I think I was just done. So I just think I took a, a leap of faith and I was like, I'm going to ch- like just spend a lot of time on my own. I started questioning and reflecting everything. Like, why do you like this? Why do you think this? What do you think about this? How do you know this is truth? Like, where do you feel like just constantly. And so when I was doing this, I started opening doors of, oh, whoa, I never knew this about myself or, oh, maybe this is not the way I thought it was. And maybe this is not right at all. And I think that's when it kind of started my journey of like, wow, I'm going to question <laughs> my life and the way that I perceive things and kind of put them there in evidence and see if, you know, if this is actually aligned to me or not. And that's when I started the kind of peeling and rediscovering myself and redefining myself, I'd say. And it is scary. It's scary also to kind of show up again to your family or to your closest friends as a complete different person, even if you're not a different person, it's just another part of you. And, you know, they're just all like, oh, whoa, you would have never responded like this, or you don't speak like this, or you don't really like these things. And, you know, because they already have these expectations and they already have this image of you. So it is scary, but I guess the return that you get from being more connected and aligned to yourself is way more like in the scale, it just weighs a lot more. Like it's it's better than the other. So you're kind of ready. I would say that there are consequences. You have to be ready for these consequences because eventually having a breakup or a rupture with who you were as you're becoming your new. So yeah, you have to be willing, I'd say, because on the other side of fears and doubts and this image, there can be so much goodness and so much more within you. Sorry, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, right? Uh, no, it's beautiful. Honestly, I love the part where you said that you're breaking up with your old self. You mm-hmm. know, you're taking that courageous leap to say goodbye to parts of you and hello to new parts of you. But it's also how you're preparing everyone else around you right because family Mm -hmm. does matter friends do matter and Mm -hmm. they've seen us a specific way they've seen us talk a specific way react a certain way and I can relate so much to what you just said you know the way that you had to educate yourself but also Mm -hmm. educate others that hey these are my likes and my dislikes because I've done the work to know who I am and Mm -hmm. having accepted myself I'm now projecting this out to the world not just seeking for acceptance, but maybe for you to understand and for me to understand you just the way you are, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And that's, mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful that you've done that. So besides the labels that you've identified with your entire life or that have been stuck to your skin, maybe even, what are the ones that you've had to peel and what are the ones that you have taken on yourself? Oh, I think we've given or we've taken the labels from eventually our tutors, our parents, our, as you're young, and even the labels that you put onto yourself. So every time I share kind of like my transformation story, I always share that when I got into this self-discovery journey where I was trying to understand my patterns, my thoughts, why I behave the way I behave and stuff like this, there was this one moment where I hit me and it was that when I was young, because I was the smallest of my family, kind of like the in size, and for some reason, my whole family started calling me Barbie. <laughs> like they literally stopped calling me Sharina and started started naming me Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. So I kind of adopted that image of, oh, then I'm a Barbie, whatever that even means, like constantly looking great physically, always smiling, don't enter arguments. You're always doing everything correct, good grades. You have a perfect relationship. You have no issues. Like It was always extra polite and extra correct and educated. And I adopted this image in school with my friends, in relationships, even at university, even when I wanted to kind of share my true thoughts or opinions, it's like, oh no, if you this doesn't go with your image. You shouldn't say this. If you want to fit in, you're a Barbie and this is what everyone should see from you. So it was just really hard as I was growing older to live by this label because it was not how I define myself. It's not how I felt I was. So I feel that I was the suppressing emotions, the keeping everything to myself, just, you know, it was just stuck in my body. And this feels really heavy. And that's why I feel that all this anxiety that I had, insomnia, self-harm, all of this was because I wasn't allowing myself or giving me the permission to speak my what really was coming from within or share my emotions or do as I really wanted to was always measured. Um, so it was the biggest label that I think I've had with me. And I, I kind of let go of that. I said bye-bye to it. <laughs> but I think along the journey, you also start picking up other labels. Like there was, before I became a psychologist, I have a dance degree as well, modern dance degree. And so I used to dance. Wow. And then I picked up the label of, oh, well, if I don't want to be the Barbie, then I'm just the dancer. And so then I was, everything was about me being the dancer and known as a dancer and everything that englobed being a dancer, which was me again, hiding my true self through this other image or this other label. And so I think it wasn't again until like years and years later of redefining and reflecting and just really getting really crystal clear with what are my values? How do I want to live life? How, what do I like? What, like asking myself these questions. And now I just, la- I don't really label myself. I got rid of all those things. I just think I'm a student of life. I just think I'm, you know, kind of going with the flow. I think happiness is something that we generate from within. I think it's, it's accepting what is in the now. Success, I mean, that's also something that, you know, it's kind of different to each of us. So I guess, yeah, I wouldn't really label myself as anything other than you know, a soul or someone just looking for joy, pleasure, happiness, just being, missing life as it comes, learning, experiencing, curious. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah. Love that. I love the openness that you have to being mm-hmm. 
who you were, but also taking on new things and being mm-hmm. able to allow yourself to break free from any mental no, you know, that mm-hmm. I can't be this person, you know, or I can't step up to whatever that is, you know, that comes up tomorrow, whatever door uh, comes your way. And, you know, you feel courageous and curious enough to open it and just see what's through it. Even if it's not for you, there is that openness. And that is, I feel like that's so key. Like personally, it just liberates you from the pressure of not being enough, you know, or not being educated enough. Well, if you're not educated enough, you put in the small little seeds in order to get there. And I love that you're doing that with with joy and flow and and spark and dance. I think something that I personally love watching on your Instagram, if I may share, is you dancing before your sessions. I think always. Yeah. That's really inspiring. And I'd love to share where that comes from and the therapeutic side of that. I'm sure you can provide a lot of value when it comes to that. Yeah. So what I usually do is like a small dance, which is also part of shaking. So I shake slash dance. And this is scientifically proven. Back in the days, there are studies that they kind of test, they teach us how animals, when they go through situations that are stressful to kind of regulate their system, they kind of shake. You know, they, they regulate themselves. My dog does this all the time. <laughs> and so they kind of tested this with humans as well. And so they use this um, as a way to release heal traumas. So um, it's called like somatic experience where you're basically shaking it off. So I kind of use it in a way for me to kind of regulate my emotions and show up with the energy that I want for session. So what I do is I just put one song, a high frequency song, which kind of gets you motivated. And I either like, you know, start shaking my hands, my ankles, my legs, and just shake, shake, shake my shoulders and just do a small like dance to kind of get myself in that energy flow or whatever I've been doing before. Maybe I've had a hard day of work or I don't know. We always, you know, we can get bad news or negative, heavy emotions kind of to shift this away to release it. A great way to release it is through movement. So that's what I do. And it really helps me to kind of let go of what was and regain my energy and attention to what comes next. And it really helps me. So (laughs) feel free to try. Hey, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And it's really insightful to see how that comes from sort of an even animalistic background of just shaking things off. And it's true. I've seen actually my family members, dogs doing that as well. And it's really cool to see the connection now. Mm -hmm. I also saw that you very recently were in... Barcelona, if I may share, doing something related to a dance retreat Mm -hmm. or something like that. I'd love for you to share that and any other retreats that we've been a part of. Yeah, so this is actually Suko Sessions. It's some of my friends who guide an active meditation. So it's basically, we wear like these headphones and there's a guide, Jamie's the guide. And he just, we pick, they pick a topic. And so it's, we start off like meditating, breathing, and then we start shaking and moving and dancing to electronic music and the whole collective of us dancing. And like, there's no judgment. It's all is good. It's just about practicing joy, moving and breathing and kind of having this conscious connection with yourself, stretching. And then maybe sometimes it's a little bit of yoga as well, but it's basically the practice of joy. And there are many ways to practice joy. And I think mm, my philosophy is also that joy and all of these things come from within and that we can generate this type of energy from within. Like if you just put like, honestly, just a song 
and you jump up and down or you dance and you release, you are already able to generate a whole different energy for yourself when you meditate eventually as well, when you breathe as well, when you're around people who are with the same energy and vibrations, it's also super powerful. So yeah, I did this. They're wonderful. Hopefully they can start doing in-person events soon, but it's really about gathering yourself with people that you're comfortable with doing a collective meditation together, putting some music on, moving, shaking, and just really allowing yourself to flow without judging, without criticism, without anything on your mind, just letting go of all limitations and, you know, connect. Hey, that's powerful. That whole Mm -hmm. idea of being able to meditate with electronic music and dance at the Mm -hmm. same time. They're just concepts that don't usually go together. But I love that with this, you're challenging that. And that's part of what you said earlier, right? Like that curiosity and being able to do things your way and connecting with people. How's that been for you? Have you been very conscious about the relationships in your life uh, since you've taken on this journey into self? Yes. So as I was saying, it's a transformation. And whenever we face a transformation, there are some consequences. We're leaving behind some part of you, some part of, yeah, you're saying goodbye to something that was because you're transformed to something else. So I guess here, relationships are super important. Eventually, we all have family. We have childhood friends. We have people that, you know, that have known us in uh, different moments in our lives. So I guess when, in, as we evolve, as life changes and we grow and we have different perceptions and journeys, there's some people who are just not as aligned to your life vision and stuff. And as I said, it's really surprising for some people who've known you in a certain way or have these expectations of who you are. And then you're showing up with like whole different values and whole different life visions and stuff. There's some people who stick along and some people who don't, some people who like this version of you, some people who don't. That's why I think it's super important to really know yourself and believe in yourself and in your journey and have this confidence to to kind of let go as well of, you know, of people who are not making you feel good or who don't fully respect or accept you it's it's okay because we're able to let go of them we're also making space for new people who are aligned to us so I think for me it has been both there's some people in my life who are kind of outside that circle like not as close as before but that's fine because I've also introduced or get have the chance to include even more empowering inspiring people So that's good. What I also do, I kind of created like this diagram, (laughs) which I always share, uh, where I map out my inner circle. So what I do is in a diagram, I have like your family and family, which are people that you always have to be around, your childhood friends and people that you really love, but maybe don't share much anymore with. Then I have people that you want to inspire and empower, like kind of like you teach. And then people that inspire you and that you want to learn from. And so what I do is that I distribute all these people in these different boxes or categories. And then I decide how much of my time, how much of my space and how much of my energy I want to give to these different types of people. Um, So I'm making sure that I'm present with all of them, but where I'm placing most of my attention. So maybe my childhood friends, which... I don't necessarily share the same life visions anymore or the same interests or activities or hobbies instead of kind of ignoring them or eliminating them from my circle or hanging out with them without really wanting to. I just decide instead of seeing them every single week, I see them once a month and that 
time I meet them, I'm 100% present there. So it's me actually like actively deciding where I'm placing my time, my energy, my space, and just really engaging with them when I'm with them. So, you know, those times that you're just saying yes to everyone and I will go there, but then they make you feel worse or it's kind of like I've managed myself this way. So I know that I'm placing my attention to people that I want to inspire, people that I want to learn from. And then I eventually block time for family and I kind of distribute it in a way that makes sense to me and that makes me feel good. <laughs> so it's really conscious. You're really conscious mm-hmm. of your time, but also conscious mm-hmm. of the energy that you're giving and that you're receiving at the end of the day. It's a vessel and it's constantly, you know, regenerating and sharing. And I love that. I love that you're very conscious. That whole concept of the inner circle for me was a wow moment, especially mm-hmm. how you were sort of distributing yourself and being able to be there fully at every single point, you know, not resisting and not not wanting to be there, but sort of mm-hmm. knowing that you've created that time. And something that pops into my mind is how do you show up when you meet people that have met you as you were before, sort of to say before your transformation, you know, do you sort of step back into your old self? Do you catch yourself doing that? Or do you sort of go as you are and as your new constructed self? And I want I want to know that. I want to know. Yeah, no, at the beginning, it was a bit strange because it was like, I was also going through this whole transition, like, oh my God, is this me now or what about my other self and what are they going to think now about me and I was again with the they have to show my worth or they have to validate me and you know this is what they expect of me but then again I was in a journey of self discovery of being authentic of being aligned with myself so for me it was if I feel good the way I am like this this is how I want to show up the other part is is just not what I want. So I would also say that it's not like I completely crushed that other part of me. There were things that I still maintain, which I like and that I think are, are good for me or that I'm aligned to. So it's not like I, you know, eliminated everything. Um, so yeah, it was a bit shocking for some people like, oh, wow, you're a completely different person now. Or, oh, wow, you've evolved so much. Or you were so shy back then and you're so open now. And you talk now and you share now and you're, you know, you're funner now. And that, you know, for me, it's like, Oh, only if I've done this work before (laughs) earlier in my life, maybe I could engage better with my friends. I could share more. I could be more comfortable with being myself rather than trying to constantly try to fit in what I should be. And, you know, and not even having these close relationships because it was all out of this imaginary image that I had in my head. So yeah, I think in the end, at the beginning, it's a bit shocking for these people, but then they're like, you know what? It, you're actually more chilled. It's easier to read you. It's easier to engage with you, to talk to you, to get to know you. And I think this is the beauty in the end. Um, I actually, not too long ago, I met some friends from university. So like years ago now, I met them after like six, seven years. And now we're like even closer. It's like we kind of rediscovered ourselves like new friendships all over again. And it, it was just beautiful. That's why I kind of said that, yeah, there's some people who kind of got, are kind of are going to distance from your circle and some people are just going to reconnect. There are also some people that I wasn't really close to when I was younger and now we're super close. So I guess these things always change as well. But honestly, the more aligned you are with yourself, you will end up matching yourself with people who are, you know, matching your same energy or your same 
life visions. I don't know. We just have to be okay with letting go as well of people who just just don't fit in. It's okay. Mm, I couldn't agree more. I actually want to ask you something that I've spoken about with other empaths and people just like you that are in this journey first in self and then to go out there and share from that place of abundance and light. Does it get lonely sometimes? Does it get lonely and if it does, sort of how do you feel about this conception of loneliness? Yeah, this is a really good question. I do think there is a difference from being lonely and being alone. I think loneliness comes when you don't know yourself or you don't have this relationship with yourself, that you're constantly in need of being around others, of doing what others do, of having their approval of, oh, she's doing this, I will do it too, and kind of feel that you're part of like you know and so when if you're not with everyone and you're in the structure and the society and all of this you feel lonely because you don't have like others checking in on you and you don't have this validation but being alone is completely different and I love it I actually am a very solitaire person I love spending time on my own with myself and it has been a journey as well at the beginning it's a bit rare to like hang out with yourself, go to the beach by yourself, have a meal with yourself, go visit a museum with yourself, travel by yourself. It's all a bit rare. But the more communication you have with yourself and the more you ask yourself questions and the more you understand yourself, the closer the relationship gets. Also like starting to notice yourself and love yourself and kind of have this compassion with yourself. It's just, you start seeing yourself as a companion. And I always say this, like, the only relationship that you're going to have forever, 24-7 for the rest of your life is with yourself. So you might as well want to be friends with yourself than, <laughs> than being your enemy. So I think maybe, yes, there were moments of loneliness at the beginning because you're kind of like, oh, well, what's happening to me? Am I weird? This all is just new because it's all like an inner revolution. But then you start enjoying this. You start enjoying time with yourself. And I always block um, minimum two hours a day just for myself with myself, where I'm either doing my inner practice or I'm meditating, I'm journaling, I'm listening to an, a, an audiobook or reading a book or just hanging out with myself. And this is the best gift that you can give to yourself. If you don't see yourself, if you don't treat yourself like a friend and you don't kind of take care of yourself, and nurture yourself and listen to yourself and communicate with yourself and have this awesome dialogue with yourself, then it's just really hard to get this from the external world. So yeah, you may face some loneliness, but in the end, you know, if you really have an open mindset, you can really see that you are actually supported by your family and your friends and even yourself. You can be your own support as you're in this journey of creating this relationship with yourself, which is wonderful. So I would say I'm not lonely, but I do like being alone. And there's a huge difference in that. There is so much power when you are able to stimulate that positive communication with yourself and to even break it down, just like you said, become your own friend. You know, I think that's beautiful that you're able to do that and sort of hold your own hand along this journey. What happens in days where we're only human and personally I experience this, I don't know how it is for you, but what happens in the day where the mind wants to create and bring back those old constructs and thoughts lead to emotions. And sometimes we feel haywire. How do you treat yourself in those days? How do you help yourself in those days? Mm, well, what is true is that, or what I always have in mind is that 
thoughts are just thoughts and emotions have their own life. So they will reach to its maximum and then they will desensibilize. So like what we often do is we hide them, we ignore them, we try to suppress them. So what we should do, which is what I do, is I let them happen. If I'm sad, I allow myself to be sad. If I have to cry, I cry. If I have to go and shake it all off, I do it. I let myself go through it. Sometimes I do need to find someone to talk to. So it's either my sister or a close friend or it's okay to be vulnerable because we're human and vulnerability for me is like bravery and courageous and it actually unites us more and being vulnerable. Yeah, it's, it's powerful because it's like we are allowing ourselves to also feel like, you know, just because they're bad, bad negative emotions doesn't mean that they're just bad. We equally feel them and we have to give them the space that they need, just like when we're happy. So I let them happen. And after a while, I just come back to myself and like, well, what triggered this? Where my body, do I feel it? How do I know? How does my body know that this is sad? Like, how do I know? Where, where is it coming from? I kind of do all this body scan. I reflect and I'm like, well, how do I want to feel instead? What can I do that's going to kind of make me feel better or cultivate the desired emotions? And then I give myself that whenever I'm ready. But it's really about, that's why I say it's so important to have this relationship with yourself where you're communicating with yourself. Like, you know what? It's okay to feel sad or frustrated. It's okay that you don't want to show up and just have your session or like give all your energy. It doesn't mean that you are a sad person. You're just, it's just going through you. You're, you have these thoughts now. These emotions are going through you, but it's not you. So it's about having this space and keep, you know, kind of seeing with perspective and just, well, what do you need right now? Ask yourself, what do you need? Be in the sofa, watch Netflix, eat ice cream and cry. Go for it. <laughs> and then after that's done, you ask yourself like, well, now what? You know, and you, we sometimes are also looking for big things to, to kind of help ourselves. But honestly, it's in the smallest things. And we all have access to these resources. We can talk to a friend. We can go for a walk. We can journal. We can meditate. We can dance. We can you know, we can do breath work to calm our system down. There's there's so many things that are accessible to us. We just don't practice enough. Mm. You know, so if we start cultivating like daily practices of, you know, these resources like gratitude and journaling and learning how to express ourselves and show this vulnerability at times, it won't be such a drama because something else that happens, now I'm getting carried away, but what actually happens when we ignore these emotions or we suppress them is that we're actually intensifying them. So we're storing in our system that, you know, I'm scared of this. And by, if you kind of move to the other way and kind of hide that you're scared or this is bad, you're actually intensifying the whole thing. But if you go towards it, you will see that it's actually not as scary. So you won't feel that anxious and so nervous. You know what I mean? Like we have to walk towards the pain or the emotion or the whatever's going on. Same like when we're happy, when we're happy, we go towards it and we, you know, we, we dance, we show everyone that we're happy, we're all around the place. So we're storing in our system that this is a good emotion and it's going to lead us to good outcomes. And the same happens the other way around. We're intensifying the negative. So if we walk towards it, it's not as boom. So that's how I see it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's definitely tons of value for, for everyone listening and yes. being able to walk towards what you fear being able to walk towards your pain and and be with it, you know, be with it. Sometimes it's not even about like filling it with empty voids and whatever it is, but just being with it. And I heard this thing once and it was 
something sort of like communication isn't as much about talking as much as it is about listening. And I guess it sort of applies to yourself as well, right? To be able to check in and listen to yourself. I love that you're consciously doing that with you. Yeah. There's no better way to know yourself than asking yourself. And, you know, like we don't usually label and describe our emotions. Like how does it look like to feel this way and where in our body we feel it and what, like how intense is this emotion? How do we know that this is the emotion that we're feeling? Like what triggered it? What did we behave around it? Like we need to know. And like, honestly, like with, without awareness, we don't know. And if we don't know, we don't even know what we need to change or modify in our life. So it's kind of like what you were saying. We have to start listening to what's going on inside without like self-sabotaging ourselves or without kind of, you know, creating even more limiting beliefs about ourselves. It's just about, we're all programmed in one way or another and it's perfectly fine. But if you don't like something in your life or something is missing, you have to look, you have to listen, you have to go inwards, place it all there and then decide. Once you know, it's just a decision to, all right, this doesn't work for me anymore. What do I do now? You know? So yeah, listening is is key. <laughs> Trusting your gut and your intuition, you know, it, it's true. Once you reinforce that voice within, making decisions even becomes easier because you know from which place you're tapping in. And if it's from a place of love and self-respect and, and affection, then it, it's always going to lead you in that direction as well. And I love how it's led you in that direction as well. And I'm so excited to see your journey continue to unfold. It's really inspiring. I just want to ask you one last question, which mm -hmm. is how do you feel about where you are right now? So if you were to spectate your own life right now, how would you feel about how you're living right now? And where do you envision yourself going? I'd love for you to share that. Mm. <laughs> Good question. Okay. I see. I uh, feel I'm super grounded right now. Everything that I kind of envisioned these past years is happening. I think I'm at a point now where I finally changed the fear into excitement, challenges into opportunities, and this open space that I'm living in now, that I've created, is kind of leading me to, to live in a very grounded and present way, which is at the same time allowing me to enjoy my life much more. Like Every single day is amazing. Everything is super cool. I say yes to what I want. I say no to what I don't. And this is how I want to live. So I think I'm in this journey where everything is kind of in flow. I do feel in flow. And I envision myself to kind of continue embracing this, continue exploring parts of myself that I might not know yet or that have shifted. Yeah, just be very present and grounded and just follow, let myself get guided by my inner guidance. Like this part of us that sometimes carries a lot of our true needs and desires and we're so scared of at times because we're so rational <laughs> and structured. Um, so I think this is the journey for me. This is the journey I'm in, like really listening my inner guidance, going with my gut and saying yes to like to a lot of things which are exciting, knowing that wherever life takes me, it's either a lesson or an opportunity. I kind of will go through it. And I hope that I keep growing and being able to share, keep promoting well-being and breaking with mental health stigma. We see it as such a bad and negative and heavy thing, but I really think it could be a fun thing. I think it's amazing to kind of learn about yourself and get yourself on a different state mentally, physically, spiritually, energetically. 
because we all deserve it. It's available to us and we shouldn't be prisoners of our minds and what we've we've kind of hold we're holding on to. So yeah, that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, I feel like so many parts of me are smiling right now, not just my actual face. And I'm really grateful that you could show up and that you could share your light and just how inspired you feel about being there for yourself and then being there for others. And that's just beautiful. Thank you, honestly. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Not A Label. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please make sure to share it with your loved ones, your friends, your family, and anyone out there that might need to hear this. Thank you for being a part of this community. Make sure to share this on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and any other platform that can help us make a greater impact together. Take care. Have a blessed day ahead.